The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. And the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers <clears throat> will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who was speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman uh, then the woman left her water jar and went back into the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely, no one has brought him something to eat. 
Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans came from the city, believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with him, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard it for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. That was a long gospel. (laughs) And yet, uh, it has everything in it that should give us uh, thought and meditation for what we should be doing in this season of Lent. For the season of Lent is one that is really uh, designed to help us to reflect inward, to look at ourselves, to look inside and see who we really are. And also, how are we doing? Are we living the life that we pledged we would live? And so on. There are numerous things in this particular gospel that uh, strike us. The first one is that Jesus is in a Samaritan town. He chose to go there to preach, or at least to visit. As you know, as was explained actually in the reading, uh, Jews and Samaritans, which is an area north of uh, Judea, uh, were not very welcoming to each other. They lived their own lives, they had their own traditions and so on, and they were not very friendly to each other. So Jesus chooses to go there. He chooses to go there because he is open to all. His word is for all, not just to the the people in Jerusalem and other places in Judea, but also for those who are outsiders. The second thing is that he is speaking to a woman at high noon in the town center where the well is. And in, in the traditions of those times, Uh, it was not seemly for a man to be conducting a conversation with a woman out in public. How times have changed, but in those days that was the the custom. And so uh, Jesus was very open to doing it, and he did. The other thing is that uh, the traditions in Samaria were that they worshipped on a mountain nearby, which 
really was the case for centuries. And knowing that Jesus would worship uh, in Jerusalem, obviously at the temple. And so there's this uh, difference that's brought up. But Jesus answered it very, very clearly in saying that uh, a day will come when we will not be worshiping in these places because the Lord wants us to worship in spirit and in truth, meaning that we worship from within. We worship from the, who we really are. We are spirit, essentially. And that's what animates us. And so in worshiping God, we would be worshiping in our hearts, first and foremost, before we do anything external. Now that was a theme, by the way, that runs through all the prophets. If you read through Isaiah and Jeremiah and so on, they talk about a time in the future when worship would be internal, that we would know the Lord ourselves without having to learn about it. And that's the new covenant, by the way. And lastly, it's uh, curious that the woman is amazed by this encounter with Jesus. It's it changed her. And it's brought some kind of, a, of an illumination to her. And it's brought her uh, excitement that something important has happened to her. And so she runs away and she tells the, the townspeople you know, who she met, and boy, this is unbelievable. This guy knows everything about me, and she invites them to come and see him, which, of course, they do. Now, the disciples, as always, are clueless. They come back, and uh, they're wondering what's going on here. And, uh, of course, they're going to learn a lot from what went on. Uh, they're talking, you know, they went out to get food, and then they come back and say, Jesus, uh, would you like something to eat? And they figured that he had already eaten, but who gave him the food? We had to go find it, and yet he, and he says, forget about it. You know, we're not talking about that kind of food. And we're talking about spiritual food. And the interesting thing is that when the Samaritans come back, they come because of the testimony, the testimonial of the Samaritan woman that she was so filled with this uh, thing that happened to her that she wanted to share it with others. And she was enthusiastic about it. And that's what drew them back to Jesus. So I want to emphasize the importance of testimonials when it comes to faith. Do we in our life and the way we feel about religion or God or whatever, do we communicate that in some fashion when we meet other people? Uh, do they see anything in us that sort of interests them? That we're alive, you know, with the Spirit and so on. Uh, St. Paul was so filled by what happened to him that he went all through the Mediterranean preaching. That he was giving testimonials about his own experience with, with the Lord. And so that's what has really energized the early church. And we need to do the same thing now. 
In fact, uh, if I may digress for a minute, Scott, whenever you read, I mean, you obviously have the spirit because when you read that passage, it was great because it shows you feel it, you believe it, and uh, it's part of you. You see, that's what we need. We need to have the faith a part of us in a way that when we express ourselves, when we meet others, whatever we do, the work we do, how do we do that work? <clears throat> People should recognize there's something special about us or about at least the attitude, the spirit we have. So I close with this. Uh, I challenge all of you to look into your hearts all through this uh, season of Lent. Try to appropriate the good news, you know, that's what the gospel means. It is good news. Well, is it good news? When I was brought up, uh, really the gospel was bad news, frankly. Fear of death, fear of hell, I mean, that's... But the idea that this is something liberating and beautiful, I didn't get till much later on. So that says a lot, how we have the faith communicated to us. Has it been communicated as good news, or is it something else? So try your best now for the remainder of Lent to see what you can do to energize the spirit within you and to share that with all whom you meet. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon. Thank uh-huh.